Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hi, welcome again. This is Alexander Vitkin, and today we'll cover the last 10 irrefutable laws of business. So this is the second part of the 17 laws, and uh, here are the top mistakes all beginners make when starting out, or almost all of them. And of course, you don't have to repeat these mistakes because you're watching this video and you can learn from the mistakes that other people have made. <laughs> As you know, live stream, so you are free to ask questions, and uh, I would love to hear from you if you're here watching live. And if you're not watching live, still feel free to comment somewhere below the video on my Facebook profile, for example and uh, I'll try to reply to questions in future videos, if possible. All right, so we're 100% live now. Uh, there's a bunch of people watching, so let's get started with the first one. It's actually a very, very simple one, okay? It, so it sounds simple when I first mentioned, so pay your fucking taxes, okay? So the first law, irrefutable law of business is you will pay taxes. There's no way to, to get around that. And uh, starting a business turns into a full-time thing, right? Once entrepreneurs realize, oh, this thing is real and it can replace my job and make me more money than any job can ever make. So the initial period is very, very, very intense, right? I was working, for example, 16, 16 and a half hours a, uh, a day for many, 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 many months. So I don't recommend doing that. And, but ironically, most of our members who make 15 to $20,000 a month in daily business hustle, uh, they work less than people who are making five to ten thousand dollars, which is very strange. Like, why are they making less? It doesn't make any sense. But there's a reason. You have to rely on systems to get to that next level. That's uh, basically later in the journey, right? So, so early on, it's a little bit harder. You don't even have skills yet. You don't even know uh, the final form of your business model. But as soon as possible, as soon as you're able to afford, you need to build systems, hire people, automate, systematize, and so on, right? So early on, what's needed is learning several skills at the same time and making sure money's coming in through the door. Because, because of this, we've seen naturally um, just have, you know, people just have less time to focus on day-to-day -day things. And naturally, things are going to drop off and people are less interested in non-business activities. That's just what happens, and it's a healthy thing, in my opinion, early on. But um, what people do neglect is paying taxes. So they say stuff like, so wait, I don't get to keep all the revenue money that I make? Is it, it's, isn't it my money? No, it isn't. You pay yourself a salary from your business and absolutely don't spend all the profit before tax on crap, because profit before tax isn't really your money unless you like going to jail. So that's one of the inside jokes we have sometimes. So by the way, this isn't a, as bad as it sounds, some very basic planning as in knowing how much to keep on the accounts is enough to, to get you started. So you don't need to be like some amazing accountant or anything like that. So there's a, well, the best countries to do your business in allow you to add many things as an expense, I think most business owners are quite aware of this basic stuff. But uh, then there's countries with low tax rates um, where you can move uh, eventually once you can afford to make the move because it costs a lot of money to move to a country like that. But they have low tax rates, so it's good to you know to make decent money. For example, there there is there have been people who moved their uh, residence and company 
to countries like Singapore, which is quite expensive, but it was worth it for them because they were about to sell something for $150 million, right? So in those situations, it's great. But uh, most people who are watching this, they're in a country with high taxes, where you can write off many, many expenses as a business expense, which is great. And uh, registering early on and writing off many expenses is a pretty good idea. This allows you to reduce risk, increase business expenses as opposed to your salary. Uh, and it's only scary if you're not doing it. Once you have the ball rolling, it's uh, it's all fine. It comes, kind of becomes a habit. It's just something that business owners do so that they pay less taxes, which is your duty as a business owner. So the next thing, the next irrefutable law of business is to get a good accountant who's proactive. Because most accountants, in my experience at least, they're not really proactive. They just kind of say, oh, this went wrong here. Uh, maybe we can solve it, maybe not. We'll do our best, right? But a good accountant is proactive. He's going to say, this is going to be a problem in half a year. We start. We better start thinking about it right now. For example, um, here's a funny story. In Goldman Sachs, there's like this business, small business course. And the first question they ask is, raise your hand if you would recommend your accountant to anyone else. And anyone who hasn't raised their hand, go and speak to one of the people with their hands raised and get a good accountant. Right? This is one of the most important things in business, according to Goldman Sachs, according to their small business training. But if you're watching this video and you have a good accountant, raise your hand, let me know. I want to know who here has a good accountant, who's already had it, has, who already has this figured out. So then um, the, the same way as paying taxes is something you have to do. You're 100% obligated in a good running business to make sure that you are legally paying the lowest amount of tax possible. Right. So you're 100% obligated in a good running business to make sure that you're legally paying the lowest amount of tax possible. It's very, very, very necessary, okay? And it blows my mind how many people try to avoid paying taxes as long as possible. And at no point, think of hiring a good accountant. In a good country, an accountant's job is to reduce your tax legally and maximize profits and reduce problems with the law, basically. So. Get a good accountant early on. Very, very important. So uh, another one, another very, well, irrefutable law of business is hire good people to work with and pay them well, but not too well. So in order to get to the higher uh, figures and higher revenue numbers uh, and profit numbers, it's really important to hire the right people. One of the risks of growing a business is trying to keep as much profit as you can for yourself and put it in your own pocket, right? So you never, you're never able to hire smart people. So you're always the smartest person in the room and the smartest person in the business, which is a disaster. It's a disaster waiting to happen in your business. Another related behavior to this is the fear of handing risk to other people. I've, well, basically I've seen the smartest and hardest working people you've ever seen in your life work 16 hours a day and just from the moment they walk, wake up until the moment they go to bed and they make only $2,000 a month profit or less sometimes from $45,000 revenue because they are stuck in the mindset of I need to control everything. I'm the smartest person. No one can do it as well as me. So it's possible to run a low six-figure business like that by yourself as an individual, but most of the time in order to make the jump, to grow beyond that, it's essential to work with someone else. The other angle to this is uh, hiring people who are awesome at their job, but giving them the majority 
of their profit. We call this becoming the salesperson for someone else, right? It's okay to outsource and it's your in your best interest to pay someone well if they are loyal to you. But the last thing you should do is hand over the majority of your business or your profit to someone else, right? That just makes you into an employee. Don't do that. Very, very bad. So the next irrefutable law of business is having a hiring bench, okay? Now this one, I was doubting, should I put it in, should I not put it in? It's related to hiring, so I could have included it in the last point, but I think it's important enough to be a point in and of itself because I've been telling people this for many months now and almost no one really does it. People just don't have a hiring bench. And basically hiring the right people is great, but it's pretty much pointless hiring people if you cannot recreate the same hiring result, if you cannot replace the people you're hiring. It's pretty much pointless. What I mean is you can hire people, you can hire the best person ever, and that's great. Congratulations, you've hired the best person ever. But if you can't replace them, you will eventually get burned. Everyone eventually quits, okay? People disappear, they get a new job, they die, they get hit by a truck. Uh, sounds very negative, but shit happens, right? So in a business, shit happens. There's no such thing as a lifelong employee anymore. It doesn't really exist anymore. That means one day your star employee who's running half your business will quit right at the most crucial point in your business and you will start losing money. Okay. That, that happens to most business owners at some point. So here's how to avoid this problem. Always hire all year. You're looking to have a plan B, plan C, plan D, etc. To do this, start hiring before you need to and keep a bench of possible replacements ready to go. If you don't have a bench, possible replacements, if you don't have a bunch of people ready to go, replace your existing guys, you're gonna hit this uh, problem that I mentioned before. And the easiest way to visualize this is the same way you have a sales funnel, a pipeline of new prospects and clients. You need to have the same for future employees. So also, you can outsource this process eventually to an HR person or operations person or whatever you want to call them, right? So hiring bench, super, super crucial in your business. So the next irrefutable law of business is to productize your service uh, and to make it basically a system, an automated system. So all of the largest companies uh, revenue-wise are companies that have scaled, right? They're not companies who are running a little mom and pop shop and do, like with, with business owners doing all the work themselves. In order to scale, you have to rely on systems, not just people. The better the systems, the better the company. For example, Facebook is a very is very reliant on systems and software to deliver and generate incredible amounts of money, right? So for every smart employee, for every person who actually knows what's up, working for Facebook, there's an incredible amount of money being generated. It's a very efficient company because they don't need that many people. They have a lot of people, but not as much as a company that would, for example, only focus on services, right? So per person, they're making a lot more money than let's say a supermarket or McDonald's, right? And it may be enjoyable or tempting to create projects from scratch every time for clients, custom work. And in the beginning, there's little choice. There's, there's little you can automate, there's little you can systematize, uh, primarily because of lack of money. But if you really want a good life and a great business, creating systems is the future. So if someone already has a system like we have in Dale Business Hustle for new members to build a simple service business. That's great. That means you easily can save two years of your time trying to figure stuff out for yourself and focus on implementing and cash flow as soon as possible, right? So that means you make more money faster. Ultimately, all good service businesses 
start looking to turn their service into a product that's easy to deliver. For example, a software as a service. It's a lot easier to deliver than custom projects every single time. So uh, that brings me to the 12th point uh, of the 17 irrefutable laws of business. And that is the your business's money isn't your money. Okay. So time and time again, people use business funds, the money that your business has made, the money that their business has made in order to live, buy clothes, party, Rolex watches, you know, buying Rolex watches, alcohol, just random crap. And it's pretty sad to see someone spending the majority of their profits on bullshit instead of building a real business, instead of reinvesting. Here's what smart entrepreneurs do. They take a salary or dividend payments from their business and limit their expenses. They're not maximizing and buying Ferraris and Mercedes. They're maximizing how much they're reinvesting back into their business because they want to build a real business. They want to build a multi-millionaire business, which requires a lot of reinvestment instead of taking money out of the business. So just because a business is doing $40,000 a month doesn't justify uh, 15,000 of that going to the business owner for consumer bullshit. Brands like Burberry, Rolex, etc., are for people who buy them from profits derived from assets, not hard-earned, grinding out client projects. And most people will never get this. Most people will never, never understand this, right? But every smart person that I know, um, especially the ones who initially spend their money on crap, they said, if I could go back in time, I would have spent less money on crap and reinvested more money in assets because the assets keep making money forever. It's like, quote, unquote, passive income, right? So reinvesting money into stuff that generates money instead of just spend it on crap. They're, they're definitely not... Um, so all these brands are definitely not bought by people who aren't sure what their income is going to be next month, right? Unless they're stupid, unless they want to be broke or in debt for the rest of their lives. So the next rule, the irrefutable, next irrefutable law, the 13th law is save 10 to 20% of what you earn. A good rule of thumb for future millionaires is to save 10 to 20% of what you earn. You need to have a good buffer in the bank or somewhere else, wherever you keep your money, under the mattress, whatever you want. <laughs> but let's just say in the bank. So a good rule of thumb is save even more than 20% if you have less than six months living expenses in the bank or in assets that generate wealth. Because shit happens, you know, people become sick, maybe you can't work for half a year, you better have some cash. And you're, if you're relying on the governments and insurances and stuff like that, that doesn't really work out every time. For example, um, what's his name? There is a very famous uh, actor. I forgot his name right now. Mel Gibson, actually. And his father, who's, who was 92 years old, had to get a very special type of, let's call it surgery, with stem cell technology that is illegal in most countries. Now, Mel Gibson obviously is a millionaire, if not more than a millionaire. So what he did was fly his father, 92 years old, was pretty much dying already. He flew him to Panama where he received experimental treatment, stem cell therapy. The guy's now 100 years old. And, you know, his, his let's say, organs uh, are functional because of the stem cell therapy. Why could he, why did he spend probably hundreds of thousands of dollars like that? Because he could, right? Because he fucking built assets his entire life. He can afford to do stuff like that. Where someone else would just have died. Now, if that's not real enough for you, if you don't want to, you know, save family members from certain death because government-funded uh, healthcare doesn't provide the care that they need, maybe business is free. But I like that sort of stuff. I want to help people. I want to really, you know, I want to become wealthy uh, to give back to the world, but also to help people that I know, 
right? So there's a little bit of greed involved, obviously, but I also want to help uh, other people achieve the same types of results. And this is possible with entrepreneurship. So let's go to the next, the 14th irrefutable law of business. So uh, an old idea executed to perfection is better than a new business model executed sloppily. So as, as you probably know, we have helped hundreds of young people in Dale Business Hustle to start an online business, which allows them to travel and escape jobs and just do really cool stuff with their lives, right? So regularly, people are holding back starting their business because they do not know what to start or they think they need a big idea like Tinder or the next Facebook to make millions of dollars. Often people spend years dreaming of being a business owner and waiting for inspiration to hit. Like one day I'm going to feel inspired. The bad news is inspiration probably isn't going to hit. Now, not to sound negative, but you kind of need to earn the inspiration, right? It's, it's a skill. So the good news is you can have everything you want with perspiration instead of inspiration, right? So you don't need that inspiration. We have a number of working business models, Dale Business Hustle, all proven to be capable of generating $40,000 or more per month uh, if you execute them properly. Does this mean you are guaranteed to make this if you know the business models? Unfortunately, it's not that easy, but the big difference is skill and execution. So with the right guidance, there's no limit to what is possible or achievable in business, right? So the decider is how well you deliver and how intelligently you work on a proven idea. For most people, that's going to be their business, and it's definitely good enough. So the decider is not coming up with a pipe dream idea, right, or a pipe dream uh, business model. The decider is usually... Um, you know, how well they deliver and how intelligently they work. So let's go to the 15th law, and that is to spend most of your time on money-making activities. Making money can be uncomfortable if you are new to business. Uh, sales calls are a little, a little bit scary for most people or downright terrifying for some. And uh, talking to clients can be quite stressful. In order to become successful at business, you need to change and change can be painful, but not as painful as being broke and working a nine to five job while watching your friends travel the world. People often avoid the very things they need to do in favor of easier tasks. And usually these tasks are stuff like sales, the most important tasks. So in DBH, we call this creative procrastination. If you spend two hours a week on sales calls and 10 hours on making flowcharts for projects you haven't started yet, your business won't be very healthy. Sales is the key focus in Dale Business Hustle because without revenue, you don't have a business. And without income, you can't eat and you can't really do anything. So contacting new prospects and turning them into clients so you have more consistent, a more consistent funnel is the key to early business success. Um, let's go to the 16th point. So the secret business plans, right? Uh, actually, going to keep this as the final point, but we're not going to go to sixteen to seventeen today. So secret business plans, right? So I've got a business plan, but I can't tell anyone. And uh, have you ever heard anyone say that? So this is not a real business plan. Warren Buffett, for example, only invests in things with moats. So he's not going to like look for guys who have like a secret business plan they can share with anyone. Uh, the businesses he invests in are businesses who have uh, good moats, so it's very hard to enter the industry. Sometimes monopolies, let's be honest here. But 
uh, it's not like secrets. It's more like hard to enter industries, specialized stuff, right? So a favorite pastime of people who will never be business owners is to waste time with their friends discussing business plans that are going to be, um, well, they're not really going to achieve anything. They're not never going to implement them, but they're going to have this magical secret formula there. They keep in their heads that one day will make them millionaires. Here's a hint. It will not make them millionaires. If you want to become a millionaire, start working right now and testing your ideas. And if you, you know, if you're even smarter than that, find someone already has the ideas and implement their ideas. And after that, you can start being creative. Once you have the money and the skill before you have the money and the skill, the idea is most likely not that great. No offense. <laughs> so this means that they can't tell anyone, you know, these guys who are trying to hide their ideas, they, they can't tell anyone what they're working on or the steps they're taking to make it real. Usually they're not doing anything at all, right? So if this is you, it's time for a reality check. If your business has such low barriers of entry that uh, anyone who hears about the idea can become your competitor, then you don't have a business. That's not a business idea. It's, it's kind of junk to be honest. So Warren Buffett calls barriers to entry the moat and he always looks for businesses with moats in order to protect his investments. But this is a strategy for billionaire investors and not for, uh, not appropriate for the majority of entrepreneurs. The best thing for a new business is to find a vibrant marketplace with low, low barriers of entry and to win clients by being better than your competitors, by having better delivery, better sales, better stuff, like at least one of those, to be honest. So it's pretty much it. Uh, I'll leave it at this quite a long live stream today. Hope you guys liked it. If you have any questions, do message me or comment below. Um, Jan, welcome Jan. He's saying, mm, is donating to cats charities beneficial for business? Yes, donating charities, awesome. Actually mentioned this in one of the previous videos. It was awesome. Anyway, uh, thanks for everyone uh, for coming here every day almost. Uh, it's it's uh, been a long journey. We've made a lot of live streams. I'll see you next time. I think I'm doing one today. I need to discuss with my uh, friends here, but I think I'm doing one today, uh, tomorrow, I mean, as well, Friday. So thank you very much and see you next time. All right, this was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.